Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the 25th Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, Teach Better teammate, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better. I like to call him my bandmate. Jeff Gargis. Bandmate. Yeah. Bandmate. We're in a band now? I, I think that's kind of cool. We have talked band. about that. We do talk about that. I always forget that we talk about that too, because Chad and I always talk about that. But we do too. 25. I think I say this every time we do this because it's a little bit of time in between each one of these, but 25 seems like a lot. I, I think that seems like a lot of, like it's higher than it should be. I'm starting to question your mental capacity at this point <laughs> that you can stay with me for this long. Josh, if we're being honest here, you've had me on now for 25 times. So I think you're the one who we should be questioning at this point, my friend. <laughs> 25. It has been a little while since we've done one, though. No, not so no, long. No, no, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been that long. I'm thinking of the hiatus that we had. And then, you know, we had our good friend, we, Hughes on. Yes, that's know, why we had, had Brett, yeah. Canadian flavor on there. Yes, yes. And he killed it. And now yes. everyone's stuck with just the two of us. We put the bar up and then we brought you right back down. <laughs> we got to level them out a little keep, bit. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> good stuff. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. You doing all right, man? I'm doing great. Exciting stuff. We got some good questions to talk through. No, so I'm pretty excited about the three questions we got tonight. So, all right. So we, we could probably just jump into this because we got a lot to talk about this evening. But for those who may not have listened before, we reached out to you, the listener, to ask for some leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Voxer. And Thank you to everyone because you always come through. And in the past episodes, we have answered anywhere between three and five leadership questions. The questions tonight are are ones I think are going to be kind of lengthy responses. So we just chose three for tonight. So Jeff, I, I know you know the routine, but are you ready, buddy? I love that you say it's going to be lengthy as if I'm not always lengthy. You know, for those who may not know, <laughs> buckle up because Gargus is going to be on a roll. Let's do it. What's first? All right. So our awesome friend, Kyle Hill, who is a part of the podcast network, he reached out. And I think this might be a first question for him. Um, he wrote, in my position, I work with a lot of first year teachers. This year has taken its toll on so many of them. What suggestions do you have for supporting your year one teachers who are going through the final stretch of the first year and into the summer so that they are ready to continue and be refreshed? Ooh, yeah. Good question. What a year to start an education. Any of these last, these last couple of years, right? I, you know, I, I feel like we've said this so much over the last couple of years, but I feel like it still stands true that, you know, the first word that comes to my mind is grace and not the, you don't have to meet the standards of we've set in our district or not that you're not, you don't have to continue to improve and be better, but just a grace of understanding, like it's hard to start new and go through your first year in a, whatever the world was like when it was normal. The last couple of years, it has been even, even, even crazier for a new teacher because there's been so much consistent and constant change that it's been really hard for even the most veteran of veteran teachers to get into a groove, get back into a groove. So let alone for a, a new teacher who's figuring out how does this new job work from a you know logistical standpoint, but from a classroom management standpoint, from a, my colleagues and communication and all that and how, who, what kind of teacher am I going to be and relationships with my kids. And then you throw in all this ups and downs and craziness that's been going on. I think grace is huge. I think it's, it's, it, it's going to take, teachers a little longer than it used to yep. to get and find themselves as teachers. Right. So I think anything you can do to find uh, additional ways to support your new teachers, utilizing and leaning on your 
your veteran staff and those, you know, the, the teachers that you already have in place without demanding it or putting too much on there, but giving the opportunities for those new teachers to connect with and ask questions and, and know that they are in an environment where they can ask silly questions that they might, they might think are silly, right. And they can continually question. But I think, I think just understand it. I think most administrators, most leaders do like, we know where we're at. We know what the world's been like the last couple of years. So I think it's already there. So I don't know that I'm saying anything that leaders aren't already thinking and doing, but I think just the reminder of like, Hey, this is tough when the world's normal as is just teaching in general is, is tough. It's really tough right now. And it's probably not going to be a whole lot better next year. It's going to be tough again still. So I think just continue to have that, just know that and, and let them know, let new teachers know like, Hey, like I know it's tough and it's okay that you don't know everything. You just got here, ask questions, Mm -hmm. reach out to people, lean on your veteran teachers. They're going to help you. Uh, And I think just continuing to build that, that environment that of, of growth and and support, I think is, is key. Yeah. Well, I think to go with the grace piece, which is huge, I would say scaling down. You know, what is mm. the most important aspects of the job for a first-year teacher? I think too often we load everything up to give them every piece of the job, and then they feel like they're just overwhelmed, they're drowning, and they can't gasp for any air because there's just so many initiatives, so many procedures. Classroom management, typically for a first-year teacher, is a yeah. huge issue. So just the whole, what is the most important piece and, and chunking it so that you're just adding a little bit at a time and realizing that it's not a normal year. We can't give them every single thing right now and just allowing them to really master certain aspects that are extremely important for a first year teacher. And I think that goes along with the the onboarding process, right? It's important Mm -hmm. to let them understand like what the culture of the building is, what are the most important initiatives, you know, what is um, some certain things that they need to understand. And then with that onboarding process is a mentorship piece, right? Like who's your veteran teacher that you can hook up with them, that they can ask a million questions and, and get some feedback. And the feedback piece I think is huge also, especially at the end of a school year, because they want to know like, how can I improve? What did I do? Well, what, what did I need to work on in what areas? And then with the, that feedback of what they can grow in is like, what's the second year goal what do you want Mm -hmm. to improve on right so hopefully if we scale down they only have a couple components that they've mastered okay you've mastered that now what are we going to do for year two to then like build upon the strengths that you very have to offer yeah yeah i love the scale now because it's really it's priorities right i think so many of them they don't want to drop the ball on anything they want to do the best at everything but that's just not possible i think that goes for all the time not just in the last couple years so yeah really scaling down and, and 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 helping them understand what the priorities need to be what are those key things to master in your one and get them hyped nice. up like year two is is easier <laughs> let them know you know like you're and by year three then you finally get comfortable and in, in your teaching skin and and your domain you feel like you actually know what what the job holds you know there's a little confidence that's built there so you know try and hype them up yeah that's that's a really good one remind them that like hey it's not this hard forever it, it's it's always hard it's not an easy job yep. but it does get easier because you find yourself. That's yeah. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Good question. Yeah. A great question. I love Kyle Hill. If you haven't checked out his podcast, make sure you do that too. All right. So question number two, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So this one is from our good friend in California, Mr. Greg Moffitt. I love Greg. Greg's a good dude. He's been on the Spire podcast too before. If you haven't had a chance to check out that episode, I highly recommend it. Super wise principal, elementary principal out in California. So his question 
Tis the season of planning for next year while finishing the current year strong. What are some tips for staying present while dreaming big at the same time? Mm, that's a good question too. I know. The thing that pops in my head is, I want to say alignment or connection might be the better word of when you are dreaming big, make sure that what you are thinking and what you're planning for your, your school and your team, your district, whatever, depending on what your leadership is, um, connects to what you've been doing. I think one of the most common things that we hear from teachers is this doubt that anything is going to stick around because they're so used to initiatives coming and going, coming and going. And I think you can help yourself stay present in the rest of this year if you're not already thinking about next year and it's all different stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking about the awesome things that you're going to probably bring in and the new resources and training and all this different stuff that you're going to bring for your teachers next year, if it's all stuff that connects to and continues to build on the work that you've already done this year and over the last couple of years, I think you're able to stay more present because it's there's a connection there, right? It's not something new. It's not a new shiny object. It's just, it's a continuing the work we're doing, which by the way, is going to be adopted much better. It's going to work much better because it's a continuation, but then you're not dreaming this big, I got to figure out this whole new thing and all, you know, dream, like, it's almost like you're not dreaming, right? You're just planning for continual growth. And I think that's, that's a key to it. And I'm not saying don't dream big, like you should be, but make sure that your dream is, is aligned and it's a plan. And if you do that, like, it's really important that you stay present because the work that you're doing right now and for the rest of this year builds into what you're now planning for this summer and next year and getting into it and stuff. So I think really making sure that you make sure you're dreaming the right dreams, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and hopefully the the dreaming aligns with what you're doing on your campus. You know, like, and I, mm-hmm. I love what you're talking about with the connection piece because my first thought was like a transition plan, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think tr- districts and schools get in trouble when they they start an initiative, it falls off about mid year, then it goes away. Summer comes around, and teachers are like, "Okay, what's the new new thing that we're doing this year?" Because obviously, what we did last year, we're not going to be touching anymore. And then it's kind of the cycle of, "Okay, we're." you know, doing standards-based grading. And then as, you know, mid-year again goes on, everyone trails off and, you know, now we're going back to our traditional practices and it could be any initiative, but, you know, I think the values that you have on your campus, you need to make connections to those with your initiatives. But then also I was thinking too, like hiring, the hiring process. I always get excited. Like we do an awesome interview, Mm -hmm. got a new person that they seem amazing and can't wait to get them on campus. We also got to understand like whoever we're hiring needs to make sure that they're aligned with the values and the initiatives that are going on too, you know? Yeah. Um, because I think the teachers, especially are the most important people on the campus. They're the ones that are touching every single, single student's lives with their teaching strategies. So like, you know, that's such an important process. So like whatever you're dreaming, make sure, you know, the people that you're bringing in for the next school year have to be in line with Mm -hmm. whatever your goals are for your campus, whatever your initiatives, whatever your dreams are. So that was kind of my first, plan of like making sure that everything that you're doing that you're spending a lot of time with the the transition plan from whatever current year to the following year yeah uh, i'm gonna go because something you you just said and then we kind of touched on was this like this, this idea of initiatives that come and go and come and go it drives me crazy because like <laughs> if you're not gonna do it next year why are you doing it this year like well, yeah. if if you're not gonna build on it and and it doesn't mean you're doing the same thing right you're building on it so if you're exactly. coming up with the new things that that replace because you're not going to do what you did last year like why did you do it last year now, that doesn't mean that you don't try something and realize it doesn't work that's not what i'm talking about right. so if it just doesn't work and you're like you know what 
we tried it. It actually doesn't work with our style of teaching or the, our curriculum that we're using or the way, you know, our student, our particular population. So we're going to not do that. That's different and should be explained differently to your staff. Like, Hey, we heard you. We're going to change. But when we do these initiatives and it's like, all right, this year we did this, but next year we're doing that. It's like, what do you like? If you're doing the right things, they should all connect. Yep. There should be a, a connection, even if they're different things, right? Sure. Maybe because if you're talking about like standards-based grading or whatever, then you're going into personalized and mastery-based learning. Those connect. They they cohesively go together. And I think that's where we make the mistake. We don't we don't dream the right way to connect all those pieces to then share it with. And that's that transition. Should part of that is making sure that everyone is on board and understands why we're moving this way, including, like you said, the new teachers, no one, how they're coming in and what role they fit. So I just oh, want to reiterate that. Cause that drives me crazy. So much money. We spend so much time and then it falls off. And then mm-hmm. you know, the teachers get frustrated. Cause they're like, well, why did I even start this? Because yeah. it's not sticking around. And I'm telling you, as someone who has been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of schools over the last seven years, we hear it all the time when you are not in the room. By you, I mean you admins listen, you <laughs> leaders listen. When you're not in the room, they ask us, Is, are we actually going to be doing this? Because they're not believing that it's going to happen. And a lot of times we don't know. We're like, yeah. well, yeah, we're planning on it. But like, <laughs> uh, so we've started now having those conversations so that we can answer those things because it's so common. So you've got to you got to do that. And I'm just thinking of a couple of teachers where when they realized it was, and they saw the connection, the way that they approached it completely changed in such a positive way. So I think it aligns with what Greg is talking about. So Greg, thank you for that question. This podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network, better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. And then we've got Mr. Superfan. Alex Valencic coming through once again with our third question. I, I know him. I've met, I've, I think I've, I've seen his name somewhere. I've talked to him maybe or something. He's the one with the cool socks, the teach better. He's got socks all the time and bow ties on an occasion. He's also a teach better ambassador, a lead ambassador. That's right. Uh, I believe he's a mentor ambassador as well, but he's definitely a lead ambassador. And yes, he has a lot of teach better swag. He does. He he might be the king. Yes. Swag, he, you know? <laughs> he, him and Nikki Jacoby, they're definitely, they're, they're battling. There's a few of them trying to come take that title. So awesome. awesome. All right. So uh, what's Alex got for us? Yeah. Alex has got as more conferences are returning to in-person, some are also offering a less expensive hybrid or remote option. How do you justify the cost of attending an in-person conference? And then he also put in like Teach Better 22. Shots fired. (laughs) I feel like that was personal. That's a good question because I think that's something that's, that's happening, right? More and more conferences are going to offer that type of stuff. We aren't for Teach Better, but that's honestly full transparency for you, the Aspire listeners is that the the reason we are not doing that is because we haven't put on a conference for a couple of years. So we want to make sure we could do a conference this year. And then as long as we can prove ourselves, we can do that. We're probably going to look next year to, to offer the hybrid option and virtual options. I don't know. We'll see. As far as justifying, I really think it comes down to your, your reasoning of why you are potentially purchasing a registration to a conference if the the purpose and what you're trying to get and neither one of these there's no right or wrong here both of these can be right like there's 100 if you're if your purpose is purely 100 for the content you just want to consume the content and to be able to take it back for ideas or whatever that purpose is like it's harder to justify than person the virtual conference or a hybrid option whatever might make more sense for you um, but if you're looking for, obviously you're always looking at the content, but if you're looking for that plus and you're really trying to, you want that 
the connections, the community, um, building up your, your, your PLN, your network and stuff, then that's how you justify it. Like, I, I'd love to like make an argument for, you know, our conference stuff. But for me, it's really like, I don't know that I can justify it without knowing your purposes of why you're going. So I really think that's what you need to look at. If you're trying to build that connection, really trying to build those, you can do that virtually. We've, we've done that over the last couple of years, but you're going to get a stronger connection and community and piece of that when you attend in person. Um, if you're just looking for the content, then yeah. I mean, I've done conferences where I'm like, this looks like good content, but I want to go to these four sessions, but I don't know that I need to go out and see people. And the cost makes it an easier decision. Yep. But if I want that connection, like, you know, you got to go, you know, as long as you feel safe, of course. So I think that that to me is the answer to that is, you can only, you got to justify it by your, your reasoning and what's the purpose and are you going to be able to get that out of it or not? Yeah. So Jeff, I'm going to kind of twist this question a little bit because I've heard you speak on conferences and like education in general, seeking professional development mm-hmm. outside of just like the PD that goes on campus. Why do you think that is in just like the world of education that people don't really get more professional development? Probably because they're not paid very well. Like, if I'm being completely yeah, honest, but like, but, so but, but that, what if like a district, like if money, wasn't an issue, right? Like, oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, campus or a district yeah, it's, it, you know, I think more and more are, I think more and more educators are seeing the, the power in that. And I think a lot of times it's for the connection yeah. um, and that support, right? Because you don't always have that or the right kind or all the right fits uh, for your network just down the hall. And, and you need that little extra, you know, the outlet or whatever that might be. So I think more and more doing that, but that was something when, when I first came into this, this industry, you know, from being in the world of business and stuff, you know, that's super common, like for business folks, especially in, in the world of sales, like sales, people are constantly spending a ton of money and a ton of hours to go uh, improve their craft because that made them better at the job, which means they're more likely to make more money and stuff like that. And, you know, and potentially that I actually think I just said it out loud. I'm like, oh, maybe that's what it is, is that educators sometimes, you know, they can put a lot of effort in and they work really hard to get better and don't always get rewarded for it. It's true. Um, which is a, obviously a, a systemic problem, not a, mm-hmm. not an individual necessarily an individual school problem and stuff. But I think we're seeing a shift of educators realizing that, you know, I can be better at my craft. I can, I can always improve. I think there's been this weird, and I, I've never understood this, but like education is one of the only places where we're like, hey, you went to school, you're supposed to be an expert now. Right. And most other businesses, like you really start to learn how to do your job when you get there, which is true for education. That's really when you learn how to do your job. But like we expect that from, you know, Joe, the accountant, he gets he gets 90 days, 120 days where he can mess up left and right and not be perfect. Yeah educators for whatever reason teachers were like oh you went to school four years so now you know how to do all this stuff like which is just crazy um like it should take you years to figure that out after you get in the classroom um and i think so i think some of it might be that educators didn't feel like they could justify it because the world told them that they were supposed to just be perfect already Mm -hmm. and i think we're seeing that break a little bit i think i think we're seeing that i think we're seeing some schools also recognize the power of sending sending people out to conferences or purchasing you know different types of uh, individualized and personalized PD and stuff too. And hopefully we still see that grow. Right. I'm not sure if that answers your question or not, but no, that's where I, I went. No, with I've heard you talk about that, just like the differences in business and in the world of education. And, and I always yeah. find it interesting because, you know, I have, I have a little bit of business background, but very little in comparison to what you have in your experience. So, but I noticed that like, even when I was just a graphic designer at a, at a business for three years, I went to like five different conferences in that short time. And then as mm-hmm. a teacher, I think I went, maybe to one 
in a matter of six years or seven years, right? I mean, yeah, it was it wasn't something that was very common. Um, now, when you did that in that world, were you paying for those individually, or did the company pay? Company pay because I have you know that that's just like I, I do feel I think there's a lot of you know a lot of folks, especially in like sales specifically, mm-hmm. will they'll spend it on their own because the there but there's also like a direct link to increased individual income from that. Yep. Um, but a lot of businesses put a lot of money into that, but businesses are funded differently than they schools are. and stuff too. So right, it, it comes back to a lot of that where I think that's a, that's a big part of it. So, yep. and again, I think we're seeing a shift and hopefully we continue to see that. So for sure. Well, and I can't and wait it, for teach better 22. So I mean, say, as far as justifying teach better 22, like it's justified. Okay. <laughs> like this just, you have my word. It's justified. Come out for sure. The connections <laughs> that you will make, are going to be life changing. That's right. how it was for 2019. So I can. That's where this changes. all started. Like yeah. this whole uh, this, like yeah. all of it. The the mailbag came out of that. The podcast network came from that. Then from the mailbox, um, you joined the team. Everything like was from 2019. Yeah. So so I can't it's speak big. enough about what's coming. If you haven't signed yeah. up yet, make sure you do that. But what I'm noticing, you're wearing a new piece of swag. I am. Wearing a it's new pretty, uh... special design that's coming for the the <laughs> birthday celebration. This is the this is the established 2015 um, zip up hoodie. Which I so I got two two in the mail yesterday. I forgot like I ordered or two days ago. I got this one and I got another one, same color, but it's the Teach Better family one. So oh, now gosh. I have I now have four of these zip up hoodies because I love them so They're much. So I don't even care what's on them at this point. Like <laughs> put whatever. Like um, uh, they're super comfy. So. Yeah. I got like an ivory one that's same style of what you're wearing, but mm-hmm. it's got a Teach Better team on it, logo and all. And Ivory's really cool. It, it looked really good. I remember, yeah. 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 And it's super comfortable. So I can't remember. Does this have something on the back? I don't think this has anything on the that back, does, does it? not. This one doesn't. The other one has, the family has the big diamond on the back. This Although one, I will this one say doesn't. that the conference swag is legit. The conference swag is pretty cool. That's not. not saying, I'm not that. trying to give away too much away. Not even out yet, but there will be conference swag. There's gonna be conference <laughs> swag, and <laughs> I can assure you that there's gonna be all kinds of stuff all over the place. So, yes. All right. Last question: What is going on with the Teach Better team? Well, putting on a conference. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happening. <laughs> uh, so the conference is happening uh, October 14th, 15th. But technically, so that's Friday, Saturday. But really, you want to come in on Thursday, yes, and you want to go home late Sunday, or yes, like at least Sunday, like late morning. Afternoon Sunday, um, because we do have networking. We kick off on Thursday night. We have you know sessions all day Friday with networking Friday, then sessions all day Saturday with networking Saturday, which was my favorite part of the last yes. time our last conference was that when when the sessions ended on Saturday, like it didn't end. We still packed the bar again that night. It was great. Um, so we have a good time. You would build those relationships. We're at a new venue. It's a it's bigger, it's really cool, it's gonna be a blast. And there's a lot of ways. To, to get involved too, depending on what you do. So obviously you can come attend. Mm-hmm. So go to teachbetterconference.com uh, for that. And I don't even know if we have, we should have it. Let's, let, um, let's just, I'm going to call it right now. Type in the code Aspire. Okay. And we'll, we'll, we'll take 25 bucks off the registration. How's Love that? It. So when you, when you go sign up, like right when you get to the page on the Inventbrite setup, that code is like, when you click on tickets, it's like up in the left, you got to find it. It kind of hides. Um, you type in Aspire, like it's 25 bucks off. So that's way to do that. If you have a podcast, if you're a podcaster, listen, we have Podcasters Row, which is something we did 2019, which is like the, where all this came from, right? Mm-hmm. And you were out. So Podcaster Row is a, is we have podcasters coming out that are going to be recording episodes live all weekend long. They're going to be grabbing people from the hallways and speakers and stuff to do 
um, to do recordings there and then pumping out episodes afterwards. It's super cool. We might do some panel stuff with them. I don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to be on that, you can go to teachbetterconference.com slash podcast, right? Or podcast, I can't remember what it's under. Um, if you go to the conference site and you go under sponsors, you'll see sponsors, but you also see podcasters row, and you'll also see the books, the bookstore. If you are an author, we're going to have a bookstore there, and anybody who, who is an author can apply to sell their book at the conference. You don't have to come to the conference. We hope you do, but you don't even have to. If you just want to put your book for sale at the conference, we'll do that. And so we can walk through there. So that's all over at teachbetterconference.com. Or if you're listening and you think you might want to sponsor it, we have a whole bunch, a whole wide variety of sponsorships offer offerings that that really range in price and too. So if you're just getting started with something, there's an opportunity there as well. Uh, but hopefully you come out and hang out. I, Josh is probably going to be there. Um, <laughs> I can assure you, I will. Are, you, you're are you coming out? Or, you're probably coming out early. We're I gonna am. Bring you in. We're gonna bring you in early. Hey, I started um, helping out when I before I, was I know on the team. I yeah, we're, gonna, we're bringing you in on like Monday or something. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so come on. I think that's the biggest thing that's going on. And also, uh, proposals are open. So yeah. if you if you're interested in speaking, that's open right now. Those are open now until they close on April 30th. So teachbetterconference.com for that. You'll see it right up front uh, to submit a proposal. It's a, pr- a fairly short submission form. The one thing you want to keep in mind is that we do ask for a one minute video. So have that yes. in mind before you do it. But proposals are open, and we actually have a course. I want to teachbetteracademy.com. It's a free course on how to prepare and submit a proposal, not just for our conference, but for any conference. And we pulled in a whole bunch of superstars for this too. Nice. And people outside the team and stuff to share this. So that's out. What else we got going on? I think that's it. That, well, that, we'll call it. Back, we'll call I want to go back to the sponsor thing because I thought I saw something about sponsoring something for you to wear. You can sponsor my shoes. Your shoes. Interesting. You can sponsor my Jeff's shoes. You can sponsor Dave's hat or shirt, I think. You can sponsor something of Chad's. Or no, maybe it's Chad. I don't know. Isn't you can like sponsor a lot of stuff. You can like you can sponsor Ray's outfit. Yeah. Yes. And there's a lot of variety of stuff that you can sponsor. We're always open for like cool ideas too. That's so funny. yes. All right. Well, it's I'm, I'm time. super excited. I, I know there's so much more going on with the conference that I don't want to spill the beans, but um, if you're interested, definitely check out registration and then use Aspire code for $25 off of your registration. And we'll make sure that we have the link in the show notes also for you. Man, so much going on with the team. Lots Lots of stuff. October needs to come as quickly as possible. I can't wait to get up to Ohio. We still have a lot to do, so it can wait a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> slow down, maybe just a little bit. Don't try and speed up time. Katie will get, will will hit you. Ah, Katie's, uh, no, Katie's all good. yes, I really, I really hope we see you all there. It'd be awesome to see yes. uh, the Aspire fans there and and celebrating stuff for so. sure. All right, well, Gargus, I appreciate your time as always, my friends. You always give such insightful answers to these questions and i want to thank the listeners too for always you know sending in some questions i know this is helping a lot of folks that are currently in their leadership role especially in a tough year so mr gargas thank you once again appreciate you brother